I love the way the First Gen Lounge makes me feel. Because it creates a space where I belong, where we're able to create community. The fact that it's a community. It's a safe place. It also gives me a place to understand different perspectives. The stories of these individuals prescribe transformational perspective. I receive encouragement, enlightenment, empowerment. And also serve as a catalyst to just keep going. Where we're able to be our true selves. I'm allowed to be an unapologetic first gen. And above all else, tell our story. And every episode is unique. I love it. I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. Welcome back, family. What's up? Okay, so I'm not even going to say it this week because you already know what it is, don't you? And another one, amazing. Yes, she is. But Quinn comes with us today with a story that I have never heard, and you may have never heard it either, and that's why I'm so fascinated. So I'm just going to, like always, dive in introduce you to who we got with us today and let her take it away because man powerful but just be ready to get moved if you got some tissues nearby get some tissues because when she told me her story i was like ain't no way ain't no way <laughs> all right but quinn look since i already hyped you up yeah <laughs> how you doing thank you um i'm so grateful and blessed to be here and be able to share this story with other people and just to you know be around all this amazing black girl magic I- i'm excited for it Oh my goodness, you're excited. I am too. I am too. Would you please tell us your story? Who is Quinn Taylor? Like, what do you do? All the stuff because you knocked me off my feet when we talked the first time. And I sat thinking about you for a few days like, wow, who would have thought? So yeah, let's dig in. Who who is Quinn Taylor? Quinn Taylor. So usually when I introduce myself, I say, what's going on is Quinn Taylor, chronic illness warrior, patient advocate, speaker. That's the part most people see, but to dig a little deeper, Quinn Taylor is someone who went on a very unexpected journey through life and came to a very unexpected place with it. I call them defining moments. So when I was an undergrad, I was living my best good life and my body just went out of control. I started swelling up. I would have scabs over my legs when my skin was tearing from the swelling. I was fatigued, all kinds of things were going wrong. So I ended up coming back home and finding out I was diagnosed with chronic kidney disease. I knew about kidney Hmm. disease because my dad was actually on dialysis. His kidneys failed before I was born. So dialysis had always Hmm. been a part of my life. I always tell the story, you know, I'm a little more seasoned. So back in the day in grammar school, they used to teach about gender roles. (laughs) Um, and the mom mm-hmm. stayed at home, took care of the kids. The dad went to work and I had to raise my hand and say, no, the dads go to dialysis and the moms go to work. And so they were like, no, let's talk about it. That was probably one of the first times I realized my life was a little different. So after I got the diagnosis, I was in school, I was an undergrad, but I went ahead. I registered school and um, I'm from Chicago, Southside. And so I went ahead and finished my undergraduate studies, which is one of the greatest achievements. No one tells you getting your undergrad degree is probably one of the most challenging things you'll do in your life. But once you do it, like you earn that and no one can take that away from you. I was so empowered. I went on to grad school to get my Mm -hmm. master's in clinical professional psychology. And halfway through, my kidneys failed. 
I went through surgeries. I would go and have fistula placement surgeries and two weeks later go back to class trying to finish this degree because I just knew this is what I was supposed to do. I was in love with psychology. I wanted to be a therapist. I wanted to be a psychiatrist and change the world. And I always say, you make plans and God laughs at you because he has something totally different. So at 27, my kidneys failed and I started dialysis. Me and my dad actually started that. My dad had a transplant. He had gotten a transplant 10 years prior. And his transplant went out at the same time I started dialysis. So we dialyzed together. We actually sat across from each other. And I went through this hard time of grieving because the life I had for myself was no longer the life that I was living. I had this plan Mm. to get married, have two and a half kids, white picket fence, a dog. And that wasn't the story anymore. And so I had to learn to let go of the story I had for myself to embrace the journey that God was taking me on. And the journey ended up being more than I could have ever, ever asked for. It it took me to a place where I had to learn after I grieved, I had to be intentional about the life I wanted to live. I had to be intentional about the relationship I was going to have with my chronic invisible illness. Mm. I could be angry. I could be defeated. Or I could decide that I was going to have dialysis and it wasn't going to have me. And that's what I chose. I wanted to be free. Mm. I had enough things to carry. At that point, I was being a primary caregiver for my dad. I was trying to do dialysis. I wanted to get on a list for a transplant, and I had to lose weight to do it. So I was working out and eating right. It was so much other physical barriers. I didn't want emotional baggage to carry with me. So I decided to just be content with where God had me and exercise gratitude. And part of that also was when I learned about grieving the life that I had, it took losing things to learn to appreciate what I had. Something as simple as water. When you're a dialysis patient, you're restricted to 32 ounces of fluid a day. Hmm. Yeah. So most people, you're drinking your fluid allowment in one bottle of water. <laughs> so after you know dialysis, I learned to appreciate a sip of water because mm-hmm. anybody can take a sip of water when you're thirsty. But when you're mm-hmm. on the fluid restriction, you can't always do that. So every sip of water became very precious and I began to be grateful for it. I didn't want to lose things again to learn to appreciate them. So I went through this journey and I shared it with the world, told them I had kidney failure and they supported me and they encouraged me through it. And I decided that I wanted to, my my purpose is to help people. So I decided to start doing advocacy. I took what I knew from my, my degrees. I was a social worker. So I took what I knew from being a social worker that taught me how to relate to people. It taught me how to meet people at their level to establish communication and understanding. And then as a chronically ill patient, I know what patients needed. And so I put those things together to do patient advocacy and reach out to patients and educate them. And I lived a a life that I didn't even live before dialysis. Um, I traveled, I went and spoke, um, and people, the, the beauty of it, the magic in those moments where you could literally see people feeling what you're saying. And it resonated with them and they felt it. And I took them through these stories and their emotions. And I was like, like, that's a gift. So 
I know that I need to go out here and educate and inspire and empower people. So that's what I did with advocacy. And then one morning, I got a phone call at 3.30 in the morning saying, we have a kidney for you. And I went in the hospital. Hmm. Most people have to get called three to four times first. But it was the first phone call and they said, I have a kidney for you. Hmm. I went in four hours later. I was in the OR. At midnight, I came up to ICU. And the first time I opened my eyes, it was like opening my eyes for the first time in a Mm. long time. Like I was seeing the world again. Everything looked brighter. Everything looked clearer. It was literally like coming out of this fog. And it was like, I'm living again. I went through recovery and it was tough. My recovery, I won't say it was tough physically, but there was a lot of moving parts. And part of that was six weeks to the day, six weeks later to the day after I was transplanted, my dad passed away suddenly. Mm. And my dad was my everything. He was my sunshine. If you saw me, you saw him. We were, Mm -hmm. we had an unbreakable bond. So to be at this place in life and I had him with me, I was lost. I, I was very lost. But again, that's where the kidney came in because it saved my life two ways, right? So not mm-hmm. only did it save my life, it was a life statement transplant, but it saved my life because I didn't know how I was going to live life without my dad. But I knew I had to because I had this gift and I had to honor the person who lost their life to give it to me. But I also had to honor the person he raised me to be. And that mm-hmm. was to not quit and keep pushing forward. So it saved my life twice. I can say five years later that um, after much grieving, again, healing, I decided to walk into the purpose and destiny that I know I'm supposed to do. So Quinn Taylor is a gratitude enthusiast. She's a, a gratitude coach. She helps people with chronically ill, with chronic and visible illnesses to manage, learn to manage their illness. It's not easy, but I teach people how to manage their chronic and visible illness in a way that works for them and, you know, give them some good coping mechanisms to, so they know that they can write their narrative. You are in charge of the narrative you want to write for your life and your disease. It coexists with you, but it doesn't make you who you are. Hmm. That was kind of a long way. That's a lot, Gwen. That's, but it's but it's it's what I hear is so much pain to carry. How have you been able to release the pain that has come with all of this loss? Because it was a quality of your life. It was school. It was education. It was your dad. It was career. It was a lot. What did you do to get through that? So I won't paint a picture like it was beautiful. It was roses. It was you know peaches and cream. It wasn't. There were a lot of hard days. Look, there were some hard seasons. Hmm. But what I learned to be true for me, I am a person of faith. I am a Christian. I know God never gives me more than I can handle. So he knew all of this before I do. I don't know what's ahead of me, but he does. So he already equipped me with everything I needed. I just had to tap into those things and find it for myself. It took some, you know, some self exploration it took some searching myself it took some therapy talk about let's be real sitting down and having some therapy and talking it out 
um, to get some insight about what my feelings really were. It took some prayer. It took a lot of self-compassion. And I say self-compassion and self-care because you carry a lot of, I carried a lot of guilt. I was very upset with myself because I felt like I let myself down. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I didn't do the plan. Those days when the pain was so real, I couldn't function. I would get upset with myself because it's like, you're stronger than this. You're supposed to be stronger than this. You can do better than this. And I had to learn, I don't have to be strong all the time. Mm -hmm. I can ask for help. I can say, look, I can't do this by myself. Can you help me? Reaching out to people, protecting my energy, setting Mm -hmm. boundaries Mm -hmm. support. Because when I found the peace that I was fighting for, I wasn't willing to surrender it to other people. Mm-hmm. That was my peace. And I was going to, I fought so hard for this person. I wasn't just going to surrender to it and let other people come in and kind of, you know, mess up my energy. So mm-hmm. boundaries, you know, being still, being by myself. I, I feel like with this pandemic going on, sometimes it's a little difficult to sit by ourselves and a lot of people have learned to sit by themselves because we really can't do much else but sitting by yourself can be so therapeutic because when it gets quiet and you're by yourself you can't run from your thoughts and your feelings you have to feel Mm. those feelings Mm. and you have to do so and process them and understand them and just you know once you do that be kind to yourself give yourself grace you deserve grace Mm. you're dealing with a lot I dealt with a lot and I decided to understand that absolutely so then my other question for you just thinking about getting all of it how did you reach out to people to help you and who did you know to reach out to because it was such an intimate such a difficult thing to navigate absolutely so part of being a social worker was I did have an insight when you know these problems go on this is who I can reach out to but I always say Grief, pain, and chronic illness are very personal. And it's with that, it, everybody doesn't understand. And sometimes you, you'll run and feel like you're running into a brick wall trying to explain it to people and trying to make them understand. And they just can't relate to understand. So for me, I, I would talk to my, my care team. I, I had a nurse that I, I trusted a lot and I would talk to her about a lot of stuff. I would reach out to people to peers, to organizations that where I volunteered and talked to other patients, you know, not just to advocate, but also because we're we're peers, you know, we go through the same thing. Let me know I'm not going through this by myself and I can let you know you aren't either and let's encourage and uplift each other. Family and friends, I, I wouldn't always go to them to tell them what was going on with me, but I would receive their love and their support and that would fill me up and give me strength to keep pushing forward. Like I said, therapy. When when life started to feel like it was overstimulating and overwhelming, I knew it was time to sit down and talk to somebody to figure out what was going on. So I was proactive in finding a therapist that worked for me. And we, we sat and talked about it. At first, I never told my friends much because I didn't want them to worry. And we have that bad, um, we don't want to burden people. We don't want to worry people. But if those people are solid people in your life, they're there to help you through those times, even if they don't understand. 
you don't always have to understand to love somebody, you know? So yeah, those are the, the people that that's who I chose to reach out to. Whoever is there on your team and doesn't interfere with your space or bring negativity to your space, I guess, is someone that you can reach out to. I'm digging all of that because it takes a lot to process things that are hardships and things that are so intimate and so personal. And mm-hmm. knowing who to call can sometimes feel like a challenge of even feeling like you have anybody to call at all. Let's even go there. So the fact that, mm-hmm. you know, you had a strategy, had a thought about who to reach out to and have even been able to share with us what that looks like is extremely exciting because at the end of the day, it's important for us to know we've got somebody who's going to have our back. And this is maybe what we need to do to say, I need you right now. But even thinking about all that you have experienced, you still decided to take the entrepreneur route, mm-hmm. being a speaker, an author. Why? What was it about this rather than just working and being totally focused on social work or something else? What about entrepreneurship just drew you in and made you say, I know I got to do something with this that looks like these things? So I actually, um, I did have a, so after transplantation, so like two weeks after my dad passed away, I did start working again. And I was a patient engagement specialist slash kind of project manager for uh, for an organization that was contracted by CMS, which is the Center for Medicaid and Medicare Services. And I helped patients in Illinois. I helped to educate them and build bridges about communication between the patients and care team or medical professionals. And I, I, I put my all into this and it was an amazing thing. But when you work for other people, the vision you have doesn't always align with their mission, right? Come on, say it. So I got to the point where I said, look, I know that this is my purpose. I know this is my, not just my passion, but my purpose. So no one else is going to believe in it or see it the way I do. So I have to step out on faith and I have to make this thing happen because I know, like I said, as a patient, what patients need. So I took a step of faith, a a huge step of faith, and um, I left my job during a pandemic. Hmm. And I put all of my energy into doing this because not only did I believe in it that much, but I knew it was something that people needed. And I told when I when I decided to do it, I, I prayed about it. Look, I prayed about it. One of those on my face to the floor prayers. Because I'm like, God, are you sure? Uh, quit my job doing all of this. Are you sure? Mm. <laughs> and um, it was like, this was a dream deferred. So I'm here to resurrect this dream so that you can go out and be this person that I purpose you to be. So you can get into your destiny. And my destiny is to help the patients. So I said, well, I'm going to start this business. And I went back and forth with myself because it's not something you see people coaching and consulting, but it's not necessarily in this area. And so it's like that could be a good or bad thing. So either it's the need for it and nobody's figured it out or there isn't a need for it and people have tried and failed. But I just kept moving forward because I just I can't live a life knowing that I can help people, a group of people who are out here struggling. And there's Mm -hmm. something 
I have that can possibly lighten their load or lighten that struggle or ease that struggle of trying to understand life with something with an illness that's never going to go away and so I said I'm, I'm going to do this and I'm going to put my all into it and I have and it's been such a, a such a full circle thing a full circle moment because you know you, you do this and then you get that message from someone that says I've been struggling doing this by myself. I've been struggling. And just to hear you say that you were able to do, you know, to live life and that you're grateful for it encourages me that I can feel the same way. And I don't have to, you know, I don't have to feel like this is the worst thing that happens to me. I can find some type of peace in it. That lets you know that you, you're doing something good and you're helping little people. So, yeah. So if you had any piece of advice to give to someone who's thinking about starting their own business right now, what would you share with that person? What would you say to them? Um, Even with you just having transitioned into it, I know you've learned a lot. Absolutely. Um, The first thing I would tell them is get ready to work. It's not (laughs) easy, but it's definitely worth it. You know, you're going to learn about the the meaning of sacrificing, but it it, it comes with a great reward. Also, I would tell people to make sure that this is something you're passionate about and that you feel purpose to do. Because um, it's funny, we were kind of talking before where I said you, you have to stay focused on what the purpose is because you can't go by the numbers. You can't go by money because all of that doesn't come right away. And that can be discouraging. But stay focused on the path. Stay focused on the purpose. Stay focused on what it is you know you're supposed to do and let that carry you and all the other things will fall into place. It's easy to get discouraged when things don't happen as fast as you think they should or when you don't see movement. Understand Everybody's not commenting. Everybody's not reaching out. But people are watching everything you do and you're impacting somebody. So you just have to be steadfast and just keep the course. Don't quit. Don't quit. Just keep moving forward. And, you know, in your obedience to be a blessing. That's a whole word. (laughs) That is a whole whole (laughs) word. Because, look, four and a half years later, ain't nothing changed. And and I mean, things have changed, but it's it's work. It is work, but there's nothing like working and knowing that you're working for something so much greater than you. And that's something that I am really, you know, excited about and just love to hear your enthusiasm about it, but also your trust and your belief, because at the end of the day, it all comes down to belief anyway. And if you really believe in what you're doing and you know that it is what you are supposed to be doing, let nothing shake you because it's it'll shake you entrepreneurship will shake you but I'm telling you I and I laugh with some of my friends and mentors recently but it wasn't funny back in the day but this is the thing that I have done the longest but it's the thing I have enjoyed the most and the thing that I feel the most passionate about so I'm just gonna leave that there mm-hmm. but yeah but man we are at a point though in our conversation where you know we're about to wrap it up and you have really shared a lot of good wisdom just about even finding peace in a storm which I'm very very grateful for so what I would want to know now just in general if you had a a thought to leave us with um, about life or anything something for us to marinate on what would that thing be? 
if I could leave you with one last piece, we don't control life. So we don't get to pick and choose what happens to us. But we are in charge of how we respond to it. I don't want to say in charge, but we have the ability to control how we respond to things, right? So I always tell people when things happen in your day, it's easy to just kind of discount the day as a fail. But that's that's one moment in your day. There's a lot of moments around that. So take that moment, reconcile it, it was a moment, and move on and enjoy your day. It will not... Being upset with it about something will not add a moment back to your life, but it'll take a whole lot of moments away. Enjoy things in the moment. Enjoy life in the moment. Don't wait to lose something before you learn to appreciate everything you have today. And I think that's the most important. Appreciate everything you have, because if you lost it tomorrow, you'll live a regret or you'll carry this. I wish I would have. Don't live in I wish. Say I appreciate it. I loved, I was grateful for everything in every moment. Mm-hmm. And just let that bring you peace in your life. Just let it in moments. Hmm. I need to, let's just do this. <laughs> I ain't on tambourine, but uh, we gonna go with that. <laughs> but it is and has been such a joy to have you. And I mean, y'all heard it first. Just, just going through it. One after thing, after another, after another. But to continue to keep going and to trust the journey and to be all right with what's happening in spite of that is quite a story to tell because you literally, depending on how you look at it, you literally almost lost it all from yeah. that perspective of just your health and your and your happiness and your well-being and your peace of my all. But you just said, nah, so nah, nah. Nah, <laughs> I ain't got time for that foolishness. That's what you said. Look, I can't be bothered. N- not at all. Not today. And shout out <laughs> to you know our mutual friend. You know, in case she tunes into this, Doctor C J Price, who was a former mm-hmm. um, guest on the podcast, not a former previous guest on the podcast, who is quite amazing, who is blazing trails, and it's beautiful to see, like you said, other dynamic Black women just doing things to support and to push forward. And she's quite the sister. She really is somebody who I adore. So just giving her love for even helping you get to this moment too, for seeing well, light. Yeah, I know she was purposed. To, when I started, I prayed for purpose partners and divine connections. Mm-hmm. And I know mm-hmm. that she's definitely been a purpose partner because um, she's been there and helped in ways I can't even talk about. So um, yes, Come definitely shout out to Dr. CJ Price. Yes, yes. All right, well, look, well, for those of you who are like, how can I connect? How can I get, you know, a hold of her work? How can I book her? Make sure you check those show notes because all of her information is there. All you got to do is click the link in the show notes and it'll take you straight to her. So rather than you having to try to quickly scribble and figure out what the name is on social media, we got you there. But again, thank you so much, Quinn, for being here. Thank you for your love, for your light, for your energy um, and for your resilience. I'll definitely tell you that. And know if you ever need us, we got you. Thank you again. I feel so blessed for this opportunity to share. And, um, you know, we stuck together now. So family forever. Absolutely. Say that.